Stacey. Hello, Mum. How are you doing? Well, I'm all right. It's the beginning of Series 2, Rough Giraffe Podcast. Ba, 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 ba. We've had a bit of a change round in the format. Yes, we're going to have a particular subject for each episode. So that's good, I think. Yes. Will we be talking about sex and bondage? I hope so. But not today. Not today. We'll work a way to integrate it into every episode. (laughs) Even if we're talking about nuns. Well, they need it more than anyone. (laughs) So uh, I'm sat here in the bungalow. Me and uh, Belle the lovely dog. Here she is. Belle lovely dog. Hello, Belle. She's asleep. Are you there with uh, Kipper? I am. Kipper's had an operation. He's had an <gasps> anaesthetic, so he's a bit woozy. Woozy and wonky. Yeah, it's not a good combination. No, I know that feeling. Too many gin and tablets does that. He's all right. He's just had his teeth cleaned, that's all. Oh, well, I have to be anaesthetised if I was to have my teeth cleaned. Right then, so our subject for today is British holidays, isn't it? It is British holidays. We're having an actual summer here in the UK at the moment, aren't we? Where are you? In Reading? In Reading, yeah. It's really hot. It's nine o'clock in the evening. Yeah. And I'm so hot I haven't got my shoes on. Oh my. And I've taken my cardigan off. Oh, this is a proper British holiday. This is a proper (laughs) holiday. If it gets any hotter, I'm going to have to go down to ankle socks and flip-flops. We weren't going to talk about sex and bondage so soon in the episode. <laughs> anyway, I'm down to uh, just walking around in my ankle socks at the minute. Oh, you'll get the listeners all a flutter. I know. <laughs> they are, uh, they're made of bamboo, would you believe? No, I don't understand. They're made of bamboo. Apparently these socks are made of bamboo. Oh, okay. Well, while I work that one out, shall we get started and play the theme tune? Go on then, give it a go. Alrighty then, let's go. Deep from the jungle of the African Congo To the concrete jungle of the garden bungalow You'll find two ladies full of nonsense and laughs Making a podcast called Rock Your Rock Holidays then? Yeah, at the moment it's so hot the newspapers say the roads are melting The floor at work collapsed out in the plant area Because of the heat? No, because they drove a forklift over it with a ton of rocks on <laughs> That's not to do with the summer uh, Well yes, but over a, over a piece of tarmac that had been put in at a later date So it just caved in because it was warm Yeah Now there's a proper trench there What do you think makes a good British holiday? Day, well, a good British holiday, uh, a caravan. It's not trailers like in America. I mean, a good caravan. A static one? Oh, you said I don't know. I've never been in a moving around one. You never had one attached to the back of the car? No. Uh, when we were small... My parents bought a caravan and we went on holiday there. Right, okay. Always to Borth. That's where the caravan was. There wasn't much point in going anywhere else. <laughs> so you go where the caravan is. That was, and, and I like the caravan. What do you think it is about a caravan that seems so luxurious? Luxurious? Yeah, because, you know, you don't go on holiday. I don't think it is. It's the expectation of everything that comes with the caravan. Mm. 
alike you know the sea's not too far away yeah and the shop down the road where you had to go every day to get the cream split donuts on the newspaper and a loaf of bread and uh people coming up to deliver the milk to you and uh having tonsillitis pneumonia <laughs> uh having all the gas pack up but in gas when i was little the caravans were all lit by gas the, the lights as well in the victorian era no it, <laughs> this is only in the 1960s it sounds really dangerous and we had a swimming pool on the camps on the caravan park where we were right which they um they fed raw sewage into from the toilets <laughs> So it oh. used to be brown water with lumps of shit floating in it. And you'd still swim in it? Well, yeah, we'd just got the shallow end because most of the crap would be up the other end. <laughs> and there used to be entertainment in the evening. Ooh, what sort of entertainment? Well, the usual things like they'd have a comedian in. Yeah. Which was always a blue comedian. I was going to say, probably not suitable for kids. No, but then there was no censorship for children then. The kids didn't used to sit and listen to it. They used to just run round in circles in the club, screaming and pretending to be RAF pilots. <laughs> okay. They used to have a glamorous granny <laughs> and uh, the knobble knees competition yeah and there used to be like darts and then on the beach used to be a punch and judy and a donkey rides donkeys are very british aren't they and fish and chips oh quintessential a treat when we was on holiday especially last night of the holidays clubbed all the money together went down bought as much fish and chips as we could for whatever money we had left fish and chips on the beach (gasps) is is one of the best things it is isn't it yeah in the paper yeah Yeah. with a a naughty naughty seagull trying to steal your fish do you know what when i was younger they didn't have seagulls like that seagulls then they had a bit of manners (laughs) they are they are naughty aren't they nowadays i think they just have a rush of high from that junk food that we leave yeah so it's like a drug to them have you seen that video of the seagull who sneaks into the bakery and steals a packet of crisps no oh that's so funny you have to put that one up i'll put it up on the twitter he manages to open the automatic door because he's so big it senses him the door opens he runs in grabs a packet of crisps off the shelf and runs back out again (laughs) yeah well here the seagulls get on the train at Bristol and they go all the way to Western Superman get off (laughs) that's true and what they do their day job (laughs) well yeah but you see them in the evening waiting to come back (laughs) no so there's three or four of them waiting for the train usually the 8.25 and uh, they get on that and go back I saw one of them with a briefcase do you know I've also read a story about um, a seagull that stole some false teeth (laughs) he was running around with false teeth in his in his beak is that is that right yeah yeah there's a picture of it it's really funny they're so naughty they'll just take anything so I found in Dorset lots of people go on holiday in Dorset yeah in Dorset they have what is called the world famous 
Dorset Knob Throwing and Food Festival. Uh, what does that mean? It means that they throw Dorset Knobs and have a food festival. What's a Dorset Knob? Well, I've looked that up and apparently it's a large biscuit. Uh, oh, OK. <laughs> a large biscuit. It's a very hard thing. Yeah. So they have lots of knob attractions. They have knob throwing. Yes. And then they have knob eating <laughs> and knob painting. And then, guess the way to the big knob. Then uh, they build a knob pyramid at Knob Jenga. Yeah. Uh, the knob and spoon race and knob darts. <laughs> Plus that is I think we should go to that. You know, that's been going for ten years and we didn't know that. It's been only been going for ten years. That sounds like something that they've been doing for hundreds of years. It does, but it's only ten years old. So I reckon that next year we should go yeah. to the Dorset Knob Throwing and Food Festival. Well, if it's only been going for 10 years, there shouldn't be too much competition. Maybe we could get involved with the knobs. What, our own knob? Well, I don't know. Do we have to... Do you mean, do you want to throw a knob? Yeah. Do we have to bring our own knob or do they provide a knob? No, no. They provide sacks of knobs for you to choose from. Right. And then it says it's better to pick a big hard knob and give it a good chuck you've got a chuck underarm apparently (laughs) okay and you've got to keep both feet on the floor whilst throwing your knob (laughs) there's about 100 people took part in it this year well it's a lot of knobs and uh, you can you can buy a practice knob to begin with is it as big as a competition knob (laughs) i'm gonna find that out for you just hang on While I'm looking this up, yeah. have you had, ever had a favourite holiday? Um, well, we used to go camping in North Wales, didn't we, when we were younger? We did, yeah, but they didn't always turn out so well, did it? No. I mean, you've left me on the train, you've also left the tent on the train and had to sleep in a hedge. You lost all your clothes. All my clothes got lost. I'm thinking that possibly camping is not our forte. No, Jodie fell into a a ditch when she was picking blackberries. Yeah. But did you like going camping? Um, I think think so. I I like being at the beach. I wasn't expecting you to reckon on any holiday that we went on as being your favourite holiday so you must have a favourite well I did like going to the Isle of Wight oh yeah that's nice have you been with us yeah you've been on the Isle of Wight I liked it when we dressed all dressed up in the Victorian stuff yes just just for our listeners we were adults ah yeah (laughs) this was like five or six years ago so we weren't dressed up as Victorian children as children. We went to a Victorian festival on the Isle of Wight. Yes. And uh, when we got there, we found out that they took the costumes a lot more seriously than we'd done. Yes, yes. And we thought we'd done... Re- Actually, the costumes looked very nice in the photographs. Yes, but in real life, they were a bit Primark, maybe. I was just about to say Primark. <laughs> when we got there, everybody was dressed up like Beau Brummel and Vic- Queen Victoria. Yes. And we were dressed up like it was a school assembly. (laughs) (laughs) 
I should have just dressed up like Queen Victoria. Short and fat, I'd have been perfect. You would make a good Queen Victoria, actually. Would I? Yeah, maybe Jodie can make you a costume. If he makes me a costume, and we'll go back again. Yeah, we'll show them. You can pretend to be my children. Oh, okay. I mean, like, Queen Victoria's children. Yes, okay. The next stop will be Rough Giraffe. I think uh, my favourite British holiday probably is going to be going to Peyton, uh, to Torquay. To Torquay? Yeah, to Peyton to see all the mole rats. <laughs> yeah. I love them mole rats. Uh, I like I like Torquay. Uh, I like North Wales as well. What is it about North Wales? Because they don't have the best beaches up there. They're a bit stony, rocky, aren't they? Not when the tides out. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. Well, North Wales has got amazing rain. The countryside is is very nice. British holidays don't have to be by the beach. They do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never. I, there's a there's an argument here. Either you like the sea or you don't like the sea. Yeah. And if you don't like the sea, then you don't need to go on holiday. <laughs> Just need to walk around the back somewhere where there's no traffic. Yes, but you could go up to Scotland and go through the mountains. Yeah, that is very true. I have never contemplated. Going anywhere on holiday ever that didn't have the sea involved. No, I agree with you. I, I would want to be able to go to the sea. Mm. So, have you got a favourite British holiday then? Um, No, I don't think so. Your best holidays have been when you've gone out of Britain. No, no, no. I, I don't think that. I don't think I've got a favourite. I just, you know, I just like going to the seaside, really. As long as there's amusements... Oh my god, yeah. I forgot about the amusements. It's not a proper British holiday without amusements. No, it's got uh, fish and chips. Yeah. Amusements. And it's either got to be windy or rainy for at least one day. Yeah. And I tell you what, I love the rain on the caravan. While you're playing a board game or cards. Oh yeah, you're sat inside, you've got a mug of cocoa, yeah. the heater's on, you're all snuggled up, there's nine of you on that on that seat <laughs> uh, and you've got to move off soon because somebody needs to go to bed. What's your favourite game in the amusements? Penny Falls. Is that the 2p machine? Yeah. Yeah, that's the best one, where you put the 2p in and then watch it push the money down. That'd be, uh, what do they call it? There's a programme. Tipping point. Oh, yeah, so that's my favourite. It's not. It doesn't make the most fascinating TV programme, but it is fun. No, but what you do is... You have to you have to do this proper. You get your two peas and you go to your machine while keeping an eye on the machine next to you. Yeah. That nobody's playing. Yeah. Because just to see if you know, sometimes just the power of gravity drags them off the edge. Yeah. Yes. And you may get a big clunk next to you. In which case, you immediately move over to that machine. Yeah. Put a two p in and so then then. Collect your reward at the bottom. I know they do the same machine but with 10p's, but I just can't, I can't do that. No, that's like gambling. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I want a pot of two pences. When I was little, my favourite game used to be, because it was old pennies then. Yeah. It used to be, I used to like the Bell's Penny One-Armed Bandit. 
Right. He used to put a penny in and occasionally you'd get three bells. Yeah. Which would give you two shillings in pennies, so ten pence. Twenty-four. It would give pay out 24 pennies. That's a good return. That was a good return. And it used to go, ka-chung, 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 ka-chung. <laughs> And then everybody would look and go, ooh, she won the jackpot. <laughs> but yes, the amusements. At least you save the amusements just in case there's a wet day. Yes, yeah. And uh, if you have two pounds now of two pences, it's like you can't hardly drag it around with you. Uh, you can have an hour's enjoyment with two pounds worth of two pences. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more like a token rather than the money. It's just the game of it. You're not doing it to try and make more money. We just do it to see how long... Who who can make their money last the longest? Everybody knows you're not going to walk out with any. Oh, no, you basically just keep going until it's all gone. Even if you win back a load, you just keep going. Yes. If you're a parent, you have to share it out. Yeah. So every time you win, you suddenly have like four or five kids. Hands. Right, Like, can I, have you just got one, two pence? <laughs> you just got two pence. Have you got two pence? Mine's right on, on the edge. On the edge. Mine. It's right on the edge. Two pence. <laughs> have you got two pence it's on the edge it's gonna fall it's gonna fall i can't leave it come here come here the two pence yeah and then like a quid later it's still not fallen no. and you walk away and the first person that comes after you they put two p in and you look and you go you dare <laughs> i like this if you if that drops now yeah so Holidays, not bad. Not that old either. What do you mean? Well, holidays in this country... Yeah. Only really... uh, What you think of as a British holiday can only have been since, well, Victorian times, really. Yes. You might go and take the waters somewhere, but nobody had any paid leave, did they, until uh, about 1940s, was it? Yeah, and, and, you know, you needed the transport links to be able to get there as well. Well, everybody went on the train. Yeah. So anywhere that had a good transport link, like, um, what would it have been, Skegness and Brighton and Flandidno and Great Yarmouth... Yeah. They were all on direct routes. They were all the they were all the places that everybody used to go to. Yeah. And then you had uh Butlins, holiday camps. When was Butlins? That must have been in the nineteen thirties because they used some of the holiday camps for uh soldiers to stay in during the war. Right. So they must have been there before the war started. Yes. So really only since the 1940s or 50s then is what we call the holiday then as the british holiday yeah i suppose yeah and then it wouldn't be long after i mean i say long but sort of what 70s people started going abroad when would that have been that would have been this they first started in the 60s but it was definitely the 70s i do remember people that my parents knew that were going on holiday in the 70s yeah. Uh, to uh, 
Ibiza. Yeah. They were mostly only going to Spain or um, Turkey sometimes. Greece, maybe? Greece seems like it would have been popular. Yeah. But, yeah, holiday camps would have been very popular to start with, I think. Yes, yeah. Can you imagine having the swimming pool? Mm. And, uh, yeah, and all your meals cooked for you. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah, it would have been amazing for families. Mum, the Daily Star Sunday have put a list of the 20 best beaches according to Brits. This was, they published this on the 8th of June, okay? So, of all the beaches in the world, which beach do you think British people have voted as the best beach? Is this a British beach? It could, well, it is, but they were asked to say any beach in the world. And yes, they have named a British beach as the best beach. What do you think it is? Um, oh, that's quite difficult. I would have thought it's somewhere in Cornwall. No, it, it's quite surprising. Is it Skegness? Skegness came third. Is it Sunday? No. Very classic British holiday place. Is it Brighton? No, Brighton came second. Oh, you're getting there. It's got its own tower. Is it Blackpool? It's Blackpool, yes. As the best, but all Blackpool is supposed to have a good beach. Have you ever been to Blackpool? No. No, neither have I. On this list of the top 20, yes, all of the beaches that people have named are in Britain except for one, number eight. Is that one in Greece? It's in Spain. Ah, where is it then? Barcelona. Oh, in Sidges or just Barcelona Beach? This is Barcelona. Do you think Barcelona's got a decent beach? There's two beaches. One's the topless one. Oh, there you go, see? That's something that's catching on here. The topless? Yeah, and knob throwing. Not to be done at the same time. Uh-oh. There you go throwing your knob at topless people. It also says that UK beaches are now rated the cleanest since records mm. began. Yeah, they are very clean now. So people are, are, are going there. I, I just think it's too expensive often just to stay in the UK. It's cheaper to go abroad. I had to go to Turkey. I like Turkey, as I said. But I had to go to Turkey in the end when I come out of hospital because I couldn't go on the plane. Yeah. But I stayed eight days in Turkey. But I could have, including the flight, gone for just over two weeks to Spain. Yeah. And uh, I just think that that's a ridiculous... um, There's too much of a discrepancy there. Yes, yeah. But I do like staying in little bed and breakfasts in North Wales. Mm, yes. I like sleeping over the top of pubs, <laughs> uh, especially in places like Dogethly and Betsacoid. Yeah. Then uh, I love that. Swallow Falls, all of those. And my favourite place is a pub, but a place called Beth Gallant in North Wales. Yeah. It's a grey pub slate. They did amazing food. And they had, a, when you went upstairs to the bed, it was a small room, and but the bed was the squashiest bed ever. <laughs> One of those that you like, like you jump on in films and it's like boing. Hey, you. Yeah, you, you got something to say, then say it here. Email us at Rough Giraffe Podcast at gmail.com. Twitter at Rough Giraffe Pod. 
Instagram at Rough Giraffe Podcast. Search us on Facebook for Rough Giraffe. Subscribe and review us on iTunes and Podbean. I asked people on Twitter what they liked about holidays in Britain and Squeaky, remember Squeaky? I haven't forgotten Squeaky. (laughs) Squeaky says that she likes the smell of fish and chips and candy floss. She's not too keen on the fact that she has to pack every item of clothing just in case the weather turns spring, summer, autumn, winter. What you need, Squeaky, now. You see, I'm glad I'm here now to offer a bit of advice to anyone. Yeah. You only need one extra piece of equipment, and it's a a fur-lined poncho. Right. And you can have it so that the the inside is detachable. So uh, if it's a hot day and it rains, just poncho on its own. Cold day and it rains, poncho inside. Cool evening, inside of the poncho only. <laughs> so you've got everything covered, literally. So uh, you can make your own. It's a simplicity dress pattern for you to make your own lined poncho with removable lining. That sounds good. So that's all. You, and then you just need to take shoe sandals. What do you mean, shoe sandals? Well, they've got backs and fronts, but holes in the side to let the water out. Oh. Okay. There. So then it doesn't matter if you get your feet wet. Okay. And plenty of dry socks. And as you're putting your layers of clothing on, just make them shorter and thinner from the inside to the out. Okay. Well, then we had Jack and the Geek Store said, Okay. As a child, ice cream by the sea and rock pooling. <gasps> rock pools. That's got to... Does anybody know anywhere in Britain that's got some really, really good rock pools? I'd really like like to visit a rock pool that makes me go oh my goodness with lots of interesting things in it yes a nice big deep rock pool yeah that's what i'd like does anybody know where there's something like that in britain i'll definitely go and visit there let us know on twitter at rough giraffe pod and then we had hellblazer biz so he says he loved braving the weather for walks and bike rides then sitting with hot chocolate by the fire in the evening with the family yes you see the the plus side of getting wet is getting dry yes that's lovely uh when you get your socks on as soon as your socks are on and then you've got your fleecy things on your jammers yeah and you're snuggled with a cushion and a bit of blanket especially if it's all stormy outside <laughs> and the best thing as well is going to bed and it's really bad raining wind blowing everything and you wake up in the morning open the curtains and it's perfect blue sky. Do you want to hear some funny donkey stories? Oh, goodness. Yes, please. So, first of all, I'm going to tell you the headline and then I'll tell you a bit of detail, but I think the headline is just funnier. A Serbian farmer wants to protect the Balkan donkey by selling its pricey milk. There's a guy in Serbia who is milking donkeys. He's a lawyer and he's decided the only way he's going to protect these donkeys is by farming them and milking them. Would you drink donkey milk? Are these boy donkeys or girl donkeys? I hope they're girl donkeys. <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking what sort of milk he's got. Would you, um, would you drink it? Well, donkeys drink it, don't they? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that we have have to I, I don't know what it would taste like well i think 
that most people, if they were sensible, they'd look at a cow and come, I'm not drinking the milk from that. No, I know. And I mean, people do, in Chile, don't they milk guinea pigs? Do they? Yeah. You can't get much milk from a guinea pig. No, otherwise they just shrivel up if you suck too hard. <laughs> I don't think you suck directly on the nipple. Don't they? Have they got a little milking machine that they put the little teats on? And they line them up. Aww. They're in the little hutches with the hole at the back. So That's... they milk sheep. Best cheese in the world comes from sheep milk. I can't quite... I was trying to see how goats. what man tastes like. Goats. Goats milk's quite nice, actually. There you go. But what I'm thinking is... I know you're going to think this is daft. Yeah. But for the life of me... Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a horse nipple. Have you ever seen a horse or donkey nipple? No, I don't think so. There's no other, is there? No. At all? No. So how would they milk them? What would a full horse... What would a full donkey look like? You mean a donkey full with milk? Yeah. Let's have a look. Donkey nipple. I'm looking it up. Ooh. What? Do they have them? I've just got the most disgusting pictures of... Yeah, you're not to look on that site. It's just men's nipples. Oh, so maybe it's not the sort of donkey you're thinking of. And there's an entry on the Urban Dictionary that I can't read out to you, but... Oh, oh no. Okay. Right, no, nobody... Please, nobody at home, don't Google donkey nipple. (laughs) That's it. I'm putting that one... That one's going to bed. We're not... We're not looking at that one anymore. So, uh... Shall I tell you another donkey story? Yeah, uh... The donkey nipple occurs during... Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Oh! Don't read it! Oh! No! Okay. (laughs) I think... I don't think they're milking donkeys. (laughs) Oh, what's the next one? Okay, man stuffs live donkey in boot of car after bus driver refuses to put him in the luggage rack. (laughs) I hope the man got arrested. No, so this is... The bizarre moment a man stuffs a live donkey into the boot of his car after failing to convince a bus driver to let him put the animal in the luggage rack. The man was attempting to catch a bus from his home village in southwestern Russia to the capital Moscow with his donkey. He walked up to the bus driver carrying the donkey in his arms and asked if he could if it'd be all right to stow him in the luggage rack. Passengers who heard the request started laughing and the bus driver started to explain that putting animals in the luggage rack was strictly forbidden. So the man said, But the donkey's only very little and he's very well behaved. But the bus driver said no. So um the man then returned back to his car. He had his car parked nearby. He returned back to the car and put the donkey in the boot and then drove off and that was it okay i i just don't i I don't understand if his car was there why he needed to put the donkey on the bus no that's what i was going to ask you yeah i don't know why he needed the bus can you imagine if the donkey's not house trained he looks so cute there's a picture of him he's he's he is he is only a little donkey but yeah it's not right to put him on the luggage rack no i mean at least have one of those top boxes on your car (laughs) oh no what let him sit in the back seat oh yeah that'd be cute yeah don't put him in the boot okay so treating him like a suitcase is there anywhere in the world that lets donkeys sleep in the luggage rack 
I don't know. I don't think that's something we can find out. And I'm not Googling donkeys anymore. Okay, not after the donkey nipple. <laughs> no, not after the donkey nipples. So, nobody mentioned sticks of rock. Oh, yeah, I forgot about sticks of rock. And also, postcards, they seem to have gone out of fashion now. Yeah, no one sends a postcard anymore, do they? But nobody, unless you go abroad sometimes, you send a postcard. Yeah, yeah. That was one of our things, like the second day we were on holiday, we'd have to go out and buy a load of postcards and sit down in the evening, write them all out, put the stamps on, second class, yeah, to make sure that they'd have enough time to get back before you got home. Yes. And you would not consider going on holiday when I was younger and not send postcards back. I think we should bring it back. We don't do it because we just Facebook and email and... Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. But I think I, I want to put a, a word in there for starting postcards off again. Okay. I want people to start sending postcards when they go on holiday. Do you want them to send you a postcard? be good wouldn't it they don't know where i live um so i think if you're going on holiday anywhere especially if you're going on holiday this year it's anywhere in the uk i want you to at least think of the one person who isn't with you that you'd like to send a postcard to and send it to them yeah that's a good idea it doesn't have to be a massive postcard pile that you've got to go through but just send one person that you would have liked to have been on holiday with uh, send it to a friend yeah i think that's a nice idea and maybe we'll get something going there with a few more postcards get sent because yeah it's nice it's nice receiving a postcard so before we go yeah. Uh, when we finished the last episode, the last series, yeah, we had a little competition going. We did. Now I have some merch here, which is looking for a good home. Ooh. Now we did say if there were two right answers, we'd let both people have a mug. A mug, but there yeah. apparently is. There are three right answers, is that correct? There are there are three, yeah, there are three people who have got the right answer. So I think, as it was our first competition proper, all three people should be getting a mug! Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so are we agreed on that? Yeah, so do you want to give the answers out? I'm going to give the answers and then you're going to tell us who the winners were. Yeah. Okay, so I asked three questions. Mm. The answer to the first question is dead or alive or brain dead. Depending on which country. That was the name. Depending on which country it was released in. Okay. Now, the country where it's illegal not to wear a bra in the air conditioning. Yeah. That's Japan. Oh, I'm surprised by that one. Um, And the island that was Craggy Rock is yeah. in Ishia. There's a couple of ways of 
spelling that, but I think they're all pronounced Inishir. Okay. Okay, Inishir. I'm sorry, Ireland, if I've got that wrong, uh, <laughs> but Inishir is the island. So now then, you're going to tell us who's won. I am. So the first winner is the And That's Why We Drink podcast. Okay. So I'll uh, be asking them for their details. We send them out. Next winner is from the Besotted Geek podcast. Now, I sent you the link. They gave us a really nice shout out. Do you remember they said that you sounded adorable? Did they enter our competition? Yeah, they love you. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know they were, but you're obviously now then going to get a mug. <laughs> and the third winner is your mate Carlo and Collie. Carlo and no, no, Harlow and Collie. Carlo and Collie. So Carlo and Holly. Yeah. Well, well done. They're gonna have to fight over the mug. Well done, everyone. We'll need your details. You can give those to Stacey. Yeah, just send me a message at Rough Draft Pod and we'll get those sent over to you. Could be anywhere. Yeah, that's exciting, isn't it? Well, that is brilliant. That means some one of these mugs is going to America. Yeah, you'll have to send them a postcard as well. Or maybe they can send you a postcard back. Yeah, they can send me a postcard. Right, okay, so that's the winners then of our first big competition. And we've yeah. got three winners, so that's good. Brilliant. Uh, and do we uh, have anything for Kipper before we go? Kipper is not is... in action today. Kipper's still a bit sleepy. I might, although it would be funny to speak to him while he's off his face. Should we have a talk to him? Go on, we'll have a go. So if you can poke him. All right then. Let me let me get him. Hello, Kipper. Hello. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Oh. <laughs> Well, sounds like he's been on the pop. Kipper, do you want to come and talk to us about British holidays? <laughs> I think I'm going to take that as a no. Uh, yeah, I. Oh, and he and he's gone. Yeah, yeah, he's he's out of here. Well, maybe next week when he's a little bit less woozy. Well, next podcast. We're going to be talking about being a spy. Yes, we are. So, uh, maybe Kipper will be good at being a spy. Yeah, we'll have to ask him about that. So, I think that's it for this week then. That'll be lovely. I'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, I'll give you a call next week. All right then, do that. All right, enjoy the sunshine. Bye. Bye. It's the end of the podcast. It is very sad. But tune in again and it won't be so bad With Mum in the bungalow and Stacey at home Send us your stories on your smartphone And then everybody won't feel so alone The Rough Giraffe Podcast The Rough Giraffe Podcast This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. Oh.